It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning. Time for the farm show here at the Shank of the Day on Wax 104.5. As Jill and Krista and myself, Bob Bosold, bring you the news and agriculture around the area, around Wisconsin, around the nation, and around the world as part of the Midwest Farm Report family. We've got markets, 13 first alert weather. We'll look at all kinds of calendar items and what's going on in the world of agriculture. Again, it's time for the farm show on Wax 104.5. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Get ready for more winds coming our way because we're going to get southerly winds and that's going to warm us up. We'll talk about our weather and a whole lot more this morning. We've got uh, crops are in. As far as uh, this week's report, we'll take a look at the what they're saying as far as how far along we are with the crops, both around Wisconsin and around the nation. Jill and I are going to be on the road a little bit later on this morning. Where are we going? We're going to go head down to Kansas City for the NAFB National Convention. How many years have we been doing that, you know? Oh, a lot. 80. <laughs> 80. Yeah, 80. Very good. <laughs> I had to think a little bit. Very good. Very good. 80 years, and this will be my 47th one. So I've been there for over half of those. It'll be interesting to see who shows up. You know, the last, oh, well, since COVID, it's been easy for the folks in what, ag secretaries and this, that, and the other thing. And, well, since 22, it's been Vilsack to uh, Tom Vilsack to just be on Zoom and then ask questions back and forth on Zoom. And it's also been uh, interesting that uh, other members of the cabinet haven't shown up. Now they're going everywhere. They are. I'll bet they'll be live this year because of the election coming up next year. Also, last year, I had a chance to do one of the most interesting interviews I have ever done in all my years as a farm broadcaster. I don't even know if you uh, will remember the interview we had on with the farmer from Ukraine. And I'll be interested to see if uh, anyone like that from around, not only the farmer from Ukraine, but a, a lady that came to, she took her postgraduate work at Michigan State University in ag economics, went back to Ukraine with her family, was teaching back there, and then everything got bombed. And so she walked with her daughters. Her husband had to stay there for whatever reason. I don't remember the details. But her husband had to stay there, and she and her daughters walked, and I don't know how far this was, but it uh, you know, wasn't down the block. They had to walk from their house to their place of residence in Ukraine to Poland so that they could get out because the people at the ag school at Michigan State said, get out and come here. We've got a position on the faculty. So she was on the faculty at Michigan State last year at this time. I assume she still is. Whether her husband is with her now or not, I don't know, but it's going to be interesting. There's always something like that that shows up at these conventions that uh, aren't advertised ahead of time. One of these, uh, you know, one of the organizations, commodity organizations or whoever, working with some of those folks to bring them to this country for whatever reason, it's always interesting. So we'll see if we uh, get another Ukrainian farmer or I have no idea what uh, what we might run into, but that was one of the highlights for me in all the years.
going to those conventions to have a chance to talk to uh, to that guy. Maybe we'll dig that out. Of course, that was that was a year ago, and things are a lot different now. They say that that war is in a stalemate right now. Neither side can make any advancements. So, how long this is going to hang on, Ukraine and Russia, remains to be seen. But uh, that's a sad story. All right, we've got uh, what are some of the headlines we're going to look at this morning? Well, we're going to talk about ag exports from the last calendar fiscal candle fiscal year we're going to talk about specialty crop growers and their new specialty crop competitive initiative and supply chains it's we have still, not heard the last of them no and this directly affects an industry that's very important to us so we'll we'll talk about that also oh, uh, as far as dairy is concerned the uh, federal milk marketing order hearings will resume on November 27th, the hearings outside of Indianapolis in Carmel, Indiana, were recessed on October 11th, and the process began in late August. Now, the milk marketing orders have not seen significant reform in more than 20 years. Now, whether they're, you know, we've still got to keep the government open. That hasn't been done yet. This week, there probably will be some progress or discussion whether they'll get the proper votes taken. I don't know. We'll wait and see, but again, at the end of this week, the government's going to shut down unless they can find more funding for their, a short-term fix. They don't have the long-term, but again, the, uh, they are scheduled. The federal milk marketing order hearings are scheduled to resume November 27th. I would assume they'll be back in Carmel, Indiana, but I do not know at this time. They just uh, just saw that announcement this morning when I came in. So lots of things to uh, take a look at. We'll take a look at uh, also how far along the crops are and what about other things the government's looking at. One-year farm bill extension, also H-2A government, uh, you know, the guest worker program, any movement on that. There's a lot of things going on. Looking forward to seeing some of those officials Hopefully, Labor Department officials will be in Kansas City this week so we can get a first-hand uh, view. What's going on with our exports? China, Mexico, are they really long-term customers for us? A lot of questions have to be answered, that's for sure. And, of course, we'll look at the markets as well. We'll look at the weather forecast. It's a busy morning here on Wax. It's about five minutes away from 5 o'clock already. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Still lots of corn to harvest in Wisconsin and even some beans out there. So, again, be careful out there. I, I thought there'd be more corn. I think by Saturday, Jill, there's still going to be a lot of corn standing by opening day. I think there's going to be a lot of hiding places for those deer yet. Yeah, what is it? Wisconsin, uh, the latest 66% of the corn has been harvested. I thought that number would jump a whole lot more. In the because last week we were at fifty one. Now fifteen percent is a good jump, but uh, we're still behind a little bit both last year and the five year average. So again, the dust will fly with the combines today because we're going to get some winds out of the south, and we're going to have a partly sunny day. It's going to be good harvesting weather. Be outside of you know winds off and on because it's partly sunny. Six forties, fifties, sixties, sixty one today, fifty nine tomorrow. Should be full sun tomorrow with fifty nine. 62 on Thursday, partly cloudy, then another front moves through. It'll get into the 40s. Only 41 on Friday. Opening day should be 46, partly sunny. 
Sunday, oh, beautiful day for taking a nap in the woods. Sun and 46 degrees. Do you ever do that? <laughs> I never did. Oh, sit on the <laughs> south side of a tree in the afternoon <laughs> and take a nice nap, and then the buggers of a squirrel come by, and you think there's a deer, and it's just a squirrel waking you up. So, again, a good uh, good opening weekend. 46, both Saturday and Sunday, Monday, partly sunny, 47. Some cool spots right now. It's down to 20 degrees in Black River Falls, right here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area, where right now... 34 degrees, and again, a little windy today as well. Hey, it's 34 degrees right now. We'll get about 61. Should be a pretty sunny day, but windy as well. A minute after 5, this is 104.5 FM WAXX. So, Claire, let's see what's going on. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. Several National Guard units will assist D.C. police with today's March for Israel rally on the National Mall. Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser told reporters yesterday that the National Guard will be deployed at certain traffic safety points, redirecting vehicles and blocking intersections. About 60,000 people are expected for today's rally, which is scheduled to begin at 1 o'clock. President Biden will meet face-to-face with Chinese President Xi Jinping in San Francisco on Wednesday. We're looking forward to a productive meeting. President Biden has a long history with President Xi. Their conversations are direct. They're straightforward. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan told reporters on Monday that the two leaders will discuss some of the most fundamental elements in the relationship between Washington and Beijing. The U.S. is hoping to resume military communications that were broken off after Congresswoman Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan last year. The leaders are also expected to discuss the Israel-Hamas war, Russia's war against Ukraine, and the fentanyl epidemic. The Army is formally apologizing for the treatment of a group of black soldiers who were convicted of mutiny for their roles in the Houston riots of 1917. Trey Thomas reports. Under Secretary of the Army Gabe Camarillo said their military paperwork will be changed, showing an honorable discharge. The Army hereby sets aside all 110 court-martial convictions of 324 soldiers stemming from the events of August 23, 1917. 19 black U.S. Army soldiers were executed. Most others received life sentences after they fought with police and white residents of a heavily segregated Houston. I'm Trey Thomas. And new consumer price numbers will be out in the morning, and analysts expect that they'll show inflation is cooling. The report will factor heavily into the Federal Reserve's next decision on interest rates. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Weather shouldn't slow the harvest down again as we look at it. As of this past Sunday, 66% of the corn, 89% of the soybeans in Wisconsin have been harvested. So, got a ways to go before opening day, but more will be coming off. So, be careful. You get out there, you're going to think there's a tornado blowing across with the dust flying. Because it will be windy. 61 today, partly sunny and windy. Overnight, it'll drop to 40 tomorrow. Full sun and 59. Winds are going to be up and down as the week goes along because these fronts are coming in from different directions. Warm front from the south today. Later on, it'll be a cold front coming from the north and cooling us off. 59 with sun tomorrow. 62 on Thursday, but then only 41 on Friday as the front turns coming from the north, not the south. And 46 on Saturday and Sunday, 47 on Monday. Partly sunny to partly cloudy days the whole period of time, except it looks like uh, Wednesday and Sunday should be just mostly sunny. 
cold spot right now is down by Black River Falls. They're 20 degrees. Medford's 33, Rice Lake 36, Marshfield is 29, Lacrosse 33, Green Bay 28, Madison Sun Prairie 27, Milwaukee at 32, and here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area, kind of a nice morning, not bad. 34 degrees as we take a look at markets next. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, the marketing week is off and rolling. And Jill, what are some of those numbers for livestock? Choice fed beef steers are 165 to 184 with mixed at 110 to 164. Choice fed beef heifers are 165 to 184 with mixed at 112 to 164. Finished dairy cross steers and heifers are 141 to 174. Choice fed Holstein steers are 150 to 166 with select and silage fed steers 110 to 149. Cows are 74 to 92 with a top of 125 and bulls are 95 to 115. Butcher hogs are 45 to 90 with sows at 36 to 56 and boars at 34 and down. New crop market lambs, there's no quote. And feeder lambs are 35 to 220. Ewes are 55 to 115. Small goats are one are ten to one fifty five with medium goats at twenty five to two hundred thirty five dollars. Large goats are at one twenty to six hundred, and nanny goats are at fifty to two hundred eighty dollars. At the Mercantile Exchange yesterday to open the week, all commodities were higher: live cattle, feeder cattle, and the hogs. December live cattle one seventy four ninety two. That was up seventy five cents. February one seventy five twenty five up sixty cents. April 177.45 up 52 and June live cattle 172.50 up 47. Feeder cattle were higher, but uh, remember last week we had some days where these commodities were five, six, seven dollars a hundred lower, and uh, we're not gaining that back, although they were higher. November feeder cattle up a dollar 230.72 at the close. January up 187 at 228.30. March cattle up 145 at 230.07, April up 132 at 233.65, and May up $1.30 at $237.07 a hundred. Lean hog carcass contracts, December 73.35 up $1.45, February also up 145 at 77.02, April hogs up $1.10 at 82.62, May up 90 cents at 87.75. On the Board of Trade, prices, corn and beans were both higher. Nice jumps, corn up 13, beans up 35 yesterday. A jump in meal prices and also some other concerns in Brazil. And then what happened overnight? December and March corn, both those contracts down 3 cents. December 474, March corn 489. December oats up 2 to 3 at 359. The wheat down 3 at 575. March beans down 9 cents overnight at 1385. And meal for December down 560 a ton at $463.50. Dairy markets were higher yesterday. Barrel cheese up two and a half, one sixty seven and a half. The blocks up four and a quarter at one sixty four and a quarter. Double A butter up four and a half cents at two sixty four and a half. Remember last week we said we gotta see some specials on butter at the grocery stores. Well, they've got specials on butter at the grocery stores. As we get close to Thanksgiving and Christmas holiday season, they probably have laid all the butter supplies in that they'll need for the uh, cooking season for all the good treats that we're going to have over the holidays. So, uh, again, butter up 4 dollars 264.5 yesterday. Class 3 was higher, too, all across the board. November up 4 at 17 12 December back over $17, up 34 
at 17.23. January up 25 cents, 17.29. February up 14, 17.63. March up 13 over $18 at 18.01. Now they can keep going up that for about five or six dollars more. We'll be all set, but that ain't going to happen. Prices were higher though up through June. 11 minutes after 5, we've got 34 degrees, 61 partly sunny, and the winds are going to pick up today. We've got some farm news to look at, and uh, we're going to do that next. Again, 34 degrees right now as we look at our farm news. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And let's take a look at some of that farm news. Joe, what's that supply chain problem you were talking about earlier? Well, we have definitely not heard the last of supply chain issues in the United States. A shortage of milk cartons was reported last month by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Schools in multiple states are having supply chain challenges related to shortages in single-serve cartons. The shortage stems from a production backlog at Pactive Evergreen in Forest Lake Forest, Illinois. Earliest, earlier this year, Pactive Evergreen announced a restructuring to con- combine its beverage and food merchandising businesses. And with that change came the closing of a paper mill in Canton, North Carolina, and a facility conversion in Olmsted Farms, Ohio, with a loss of 1,300 jobs. Another major dairy packaging manufacturer, TerraPak, was asked to produce more packaging products, but they don't have the production capacity to fill all the new orders coming in. In fact, they have increased overtime in their factory, but still have to turn orders away. Schools in New York, California, Pennsylvania, and Washington State are already looking to serve milk to students in different ways, from bulk milk dispensers, shelf-stable packaging, to pouring milk into plastic from plastic jugs into reusable or disposable cups. Some New York schools have started to serve juice to students and encouraging them to bring their own water bottles to school. The carton shortage is expected to last into next year. Oh, challenges that you don't expect to have in the dairy industry, that's for sure. But Red Solo Cups getting a, a new lease on life here. Poor, I can't imagine they're going to do that. How much spilling are they going to have? Unbelievable. Well, tell us about our exports. Well, the total United States exports, egg exports, were down for the 2023 fiscal year ended September 30th. $178.7 billion of agricultural products were exported last year, but that number is 9% less than 2022. Spikes in exports of grains and oil seeds in the last couple of years helped to grow the product markets more than in the past years. And our 2022 exports were much higher than ever before. The strong U.S. dollar and lower commodity prices are expected to bring export demands back to normal trends in 2024. And the USDA has announced support for specialty crop growers with a new specialty crop competitive initiative. The initiative will assist growers with challenges in reaching domestic and international markets for their products with an online resource directory. The USDA is also planning to on engaging with growers to explore their needs. 
$70 million has been set aside to support 21 different projects under the Specialty Crop Initiative. All right, so some of the news in agriculture, some other things going on to avoid a government shutdown. Hopefully, House Speaker Mike Johnson is proposing a two-point spending bill, and uh, that's funding for USDA transportation and a few other areas would be extended until January 19th. The continuing resolution for the rest of the federal agencies would expire in early February. The House could vote on this proposal as soon as today. In the Senate, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has scheduled a procedural vote this week on a placeholder bill for a temporary spending bill. So will they get it done? They better, because otherwise the government will shut down. And for agriculture, that means loans won't be available, government loans. It looks like uh, FSA, NRCS, so many federal agencies will be shut down, rural development. So, again, it's uh, it's very important that uh, we get this extended. It's very important we get a, a farm bill, too. More than 100 farm and food groups are working together on a campaign called Farm Bill for American Families. These groups are calling on Congress to pass a farm bill on a timely basis. American Farm Bureau Federation President Zippy Duval was part of an event at the National Press Club and admitted it will be difficult to get the farm bill done before the end of this year. To get the legislative uh, legislation done right, Duval said these groups support a short-term extension. And, I mean, that it would be a shock if we got anything but a short-term extension at this point, that's what everybody seems to be calling for, and a long way away from getting any kind of a farm bill actually even written so they could take a look at it. So, again, that's what we're at. Again, as far as crop progress is concerned, 66% of the corn, 89% of the soybeans have been harvested. 90% of the winter wheat has now uh, has now emerged, actually. So, again, well along. Topsoil moisture conditions a little less than last week, uh, 83% adequate to surplus, 14% short, and 3% very short. As we look at some of the news in the world of agriculture, coming up, we are going to hear about another one of our finalists for the Leopold Award. It'll be presented uh, very soon now, in a matter of two or three weeks, down at the Farm Bureau Convention in the Dells. The finalists uh, this time are a couple, Rick Adamski and his wife, Valerie Danton, and uh, Full Circle Farms of Seymour over in Shawano County. What that operation is all about is, uh, again, they are finalists for this year's Leopold Award, which will be presented at the Farm Bureau coming up the first week of December. We'll hear all about that next right here on Wax. Zone. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. The Leopold Conservation Award is a competitive award that recognizes landowner achievement in voluntary conservation. Given in honor of renowned conservationist Aldo Leopold, the prestigious award recognizes farmers and forest land owners who inspire others with their dedication to land, water, and wildlife habitat in their care. Coming to you from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Nate Zimdar speaking with one of the four finalists, Valerie Dantuan of Full Circle Farm in Seymour. She shares the story of her farm and the conservation practices they have in place. Tell me the story of how your farm began. 
Full Circle Farm started out not with that name, but it started out in the late 1800s, probably around 1890. And to me, that's what a sustainable farm really means in a, a conservation farm is if something that lasts, you know, 130 years, that's really pretty good. So that was my husband's great-grandparents, and they're a long-lived family, so his dad just passed away last year at 99 years old. So we still have stories from when they farmed with horses and just the flexibility of a business that can last that long and include conservation in the mix, I think, that's the story of sustainability. So tell me what the farm looks like today. How has it advanced and how has it grown over the years? In the olden days, it was really more of a homestead. And as people did in the early 1900s, they raised food for their large family of 12 kids. Of course, there was a little commerce going on. It was 80 acres at that time. And the farm did a mixture of pigs. They were more prominent than dairy cattle and a big home garden. And then really the farm switched from pork to dairy in the 1940s, 50s, and 60s. Dairy was more prominent. Rick and I took over the farm in 1990 when we got married. And we took the farm, modernized it even more to include a milking parlor. We milked about 80 cows. We went into the organic market, and that was really, really beneficial for the farm to stay sustainable as well. And now our next generation on the farm is doing organic vegetables and selling a a CSA, a community-supported agriculture, and also direct marketing their vegetables as part of a cooperative that we help create. What kind of livestock and produce do you currently offer to consumers? Right now we have Angus beef cattle. And we direct market those. They're organic and 100% grass-fed. We sell about 25 to 30 head a year of beef cattle. I shouldn't say they're all Angus. We're moving toward Hereford. And our son has about 60 pigs on pasture that are also fed organic corn. And our daughter-in-law up till last year had a 1,000 laying hens on pasture and would sell eggs. They still sell eggs. And also this organic produce at the farm sells. Who's all on the farm? You had mentioned you, your husband, your son and daughter-in-law. Do you have anybody else that's in partnership with you? Any employees? The vegetable farm is pretty intensive, and Scott Rosenberg is an LLC partner in that farm, and they usually hire about eight full-time employees during the summertime, and they keep on two or three during the winter months. You've mentioned several times the importance of sustainability to you and the farm. Can you tell me what kind of sustainability and what kind of conservation practices do you have in place on the farm? The big factor is that we use managed grazing. What that does is it keeps a living cover, a green blanket on the soil at all times, 100% of the year. There's a living root in the soil. So we're sequestering carbon that way. And That is a huge factor in making this a climate-smart farm. I think managed grazing is an overlooked practice that if we could get more of farmers understanding that it's economically sustainable and really good for the environment, we might get more people at least raising dairy heifers out on grass. 
and less corn and soybeans which can be very destructive for the environment because the soil is open during the year. What motivated your family to start some of these different practices that you currently have in place? It's just built into the DNA. The name of the farm, Full Circle, means we went and looked back at some of the best practices that previous generations used. We have two mission statements for the farm. One is mine, which is to model an environmentally sustainable farm. And then my husband, Rick, his statement has more to do with the sustainability of the farmers on the landscape and making sure that farmers are making a decent living, being paid a fair value for the work that they do. So I would say the motivations are just fairness and keeping the environment healthy enough for the next generation and the next generation. And I wonder what the farm will look like in another 100 years, if it'll still be here. Right now, we are surrounded by corn and soy fields. In the springtime, when everything is plowed around us, we're like a green island in the middle of our township. What do you see as the value of these practices that could benefit other farmers if they were to also adopt them? There is a lot of organic practices and sustainable practices that our farm uses that could be adopted by any farm. and They don't have to be organic certified. For instance, when we were dairy farming, we always said we had nine big tools in our toolbox for animal health, and that included things like homeopathy and herbal products that could treat animals in lieu of using hormones. We used natural breeding. I actually did AI also on our cows, but because the cows were on grass, we didn't need to stimulate them in order to see their heat and then know that they needed to be bred, for example. So I think... Some of the tools have to do with the scale of a farm, and with 80 cows, you can pay attention to each cow. When we scale up, we don't treat cows as individuals anymore, and then we need to go more conventional farms than use these other methods that help them have a very prescriptive way of farming where they treat a lot of the animals the same in order to get them bred, for example. What does the future of a farm look like at this time? It looks okay right now. I think for farmers, it's a little bit always of holding your breath and wondering what changes in the world around you and how you're going to respond. But I think that's part of having our feet squarely on the ground, having weathered changes and adapted in the past. But I think we're doing okay. I think consumers, customers, they also want to see an environment that at least if it's not stable and if it can't be regenerative, At least it's not degrading the climate or the soil or the bay or any lakes and rivers around you. And I think people are realizing that more and more and that how they choose to eat contributes to what their landscape is going to look like. So I think the future is actually reasonably promising. One other thing I like to think about is how we bank our wealth in the soil. We are always building up our soil, building up our organic matter. That's the bank we want to use to pass good things down to our next generation. And we only had two kids. In my husband's generation, there were five kids. In grandpa's generation, there were 12 kids. So you get an unsustainable number of people who are on the farm at a certain point. And so I think expanding our definition of family farm to include people like Scott, who wants to be part of this business and reconnect to the land, I think that's also important in the future. And again... 
Valerie Dantone, Rick Adamski, and their Full Circle Farm over in Seymour in Shawano County. And good luck to them. They are finalists for the Leopold Award. And Valerie brings up some very valid points. The uh, worker situation. We do not have the large families we used to have. I mean, she tracked the generations. And, boy, that's for sure. There were six in my family and two in mine. I only had two boys. We had six when I was growing up. And it uh, translates for the most part, not exclusive, but for the most part, uh, that's the way it looks. All right, we're almost 5.30 in the morning. we got to get Rocky in here from Premier Livestock in Withy. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get over to Premier Livestock in Withy. Rocky joins us once again. Uh, you got the orange outfits for you and the kids all hanging on the line, airing out? I need to do that. Haven't done that yet. All right, but we uh, got we got to do a little gun shooting too. So yeah, you got to get that done. Get them sighted in. So how many kids are old enough to go hunting with you now? Well, it's a matter of which ones want to go. <laughs> <laughs> I know your daughter; she's a hunter, isn't she? Oh yeah, she'll go, and maybe my older boy, and the other. Yeah. All right. Well, whatever. If you uh, you went out bow hunting, you see anything that's uh, worth knocking down? I know you're looking for horns. I wished I'd seen one in front of me that I wanted to knock down, but it don't seem to happen and connect. So. Well, hopefully that'll happen over the weekend. And Boy, a couple of weeks ago we were thinking, holy man, we're going to have snow on the ground. It's going to be a long way from that. Oh, by Saturday, though, the high is going to be 46. That's a pretty nice temperature. for. Uh, it'll be cold in the morning, probably at 30. So anyway, yeah. hopefully everybody hunts safely and uh, should be able to knock down. You won't be able to chase them into the swamp, though, because the swamps aren't going to be frozen. <laughs> That's that's a true story. Yeah, drop them in the dry ground. All right, well, hey, Monday, how how'd the cattle markets go over there, Premier? Uh, thank you, Bob. Uh, good morning, everyone. This uh, yesterday, Monday's auction shaped up. We sold 1,180 head of livestock. Uh, most classes traded a little lower yesterday. Fed cattle, high choice and prime. Holstein steers, 147 to 162. Select low choice, 140 to 146. Uh, choice beef steers and heifers up to $1.78. Uh, market cows high yielding from 95 to 120, with many cows from 75 to 94. Market bulls high yielding from $1 to $1.18, lower yielding 99 and down. Organic market cows sold every Monday, mostly $1.20 to $1.41, had organic steers up to $1.60. Newborn Holstein bull calves yesterday, mostly from 250 to 440 per head. Your beef cross calves from 350 to 640. Today, Tuesday, uh, we're having our special feeder cattle auction. We're also selling bred beef cows. Uh, we're expecting six to 700 head of feeder cattle. We'll start at 11 o'clock a.m. Then tomorrow, Wednesday. We're going to have our hay auction at 9.30, dairy cattle auction at 11. We do have two complete herd dispersals, a 120-cow Holstein freestall herd, a 60-cow Holstein tie stall herd, plus many top reputation consignments, including a load of registered two- and three-year-olds. Parlor freestall, they're averaging over 100 pounds from one of the best herds in the state of Minnesota. Full details uh, at premierlivestockandauctions.com. As always, any questions, give us a call, 715 715- 229-2500 and that's how things shaped up at Premier Bob. Alright, hey we had that story on about uh, five, how many kids were in your family growing up? Uh, me, we had six. You had six. Now you've got four. Yes, and I think my dad's family had twelve. Yep, isn't that something how that, how that works? 
Mm-hmm. But, but you're an exception to the rule now having four kids. Yeah, it's probably like 12 back in the day. Yeah, it really is. All right. Well, enjoy each and every one of them, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Jill and I are heading for Kansas City, so you'll have to battle with Kristen the rest of the week. All right. Make sure they're playing the 30-pointer a little bit here. Yeah, we'll, we'll get her on. We'll find her. All right, buddy. See All you right. later. Have a good one. There Bye. he goes. That's Rocky over at Premier Livestock. In the Withy area. Well, let's see if we get a 30-point weather forecast this morning. Mike Dandry is in our 13 first alert weather room. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. How we doing? Boy, let's see. This is a roller coaster week in store for us, huh? Oh, you better believe it. But it won't be white at all for opening day. Uh, no, unfortunately, for no the place. deer hunters that want to, you know, want to get that tracking snow. No, that's for sure. Not going to happen, but... Uh, it's and the wind is still going to blow a little bit, huh? Yeah, we're already starting to see those pick up a bit. Now that'll actually help warm us up, and already kind of has done that. We were in the upper twenties not too long ago, but later this afternoon, expecting to top out in the low sixties. Now we'll have winds between ten to twenty miles per hour with gusts nearing thirty. We'll have a few thin clouds hanging around as well, but tonight. We have a front that moves through. It'll pass through dry, of course, with temperatures dipping only to around 40. So it is going to be a very mild night, and it sets up a very pleasant day tomorrow. Plenty of sunshine, highs once again near 60. And then for Thursday, clouds roll back in. We'll have those winds initially out of the south. That's going to keep us in the 60s again. But then those winds take on more of a northwesterly flow Thursday night. That cools us off quite a bit going into the deer opener with uh, more, more sunshine on Friday, highs near 40. And for Saturday, mid-40s, so a lot closer to average. Sunday, more sunshine, mid-40s again. And for Monday, we'll have some clouds moving back in with highs in the low 40s. But right now in Eau Claire, we have a temperature of 41 degrees. Believe it or not, Bob, we've actually climbed about 7 degrees in the last hour. I was going to say, I've got 34 written down from when we started. It's mm-hmm. 41 now, huh? Yeah, it's uh, it's warming up quick, and by mid-morning, I wouldn't be surprised by about 10 o'clock to see the temperatures around 50. Wow. Yeah, it's it's climbing quick. and that's, well, that breeze uh, is blowing it in from the south. I was going to say, that's the influence of those southerly winds. So. All right. So it's going to be a dusty day with the combines rolling, huh? Yeah, I'd say so. It doesn't look like we'll have anything to settle the dust. So, yeah. Hey, how did you uh, celebrate the Marine Corps birthday last Friday? Did you do anything <laughs> special? I was going to say, I don't know if it's radio appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> a typical Marine Corps celebration, huh? You'll just leave it at that. All right, we'll leave it at that. Have a good one. <laughs> you too, Bob. There he goes, Mike Dandry over there. At 13, first alert weather. 24 minutes before 6 o'clock. Morgan's waiting to talk to us. <laughs> Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Morgan McCarthy is in the newsroom as she always is. Good morning, Morgan. Well, good morning, guys. Did you ever deer hunt or did you not want to ruin your manicure? Uh, I freezer hunt because my sister and her (laughs) husband deer hunt. So I get the uh, usually get the little ragtag group of nieces while they're in the stands. But now they're old enough to go out themselves. Oh, really? Yeah, they'll be hitting the woods. Your daughter's Siggy is not like you. <laughs> she likes to get involved, get her fingers dirty and everything like that. Oh, yeah. Does she ever talk about wanting to go deer hunting? Yeah, she's actually planning to do hunter safety next year and oh, then hopefully get on the woods. Yeah, I want to see how long she sits there when she realizes how much sitting is involved. Are you going to go with her as a good parent? Mm-mm. I'm waiting for her to bring the deer back to me, right? <laughs> 
then I'll you, dress it up. If she for her. calls you on her phone and says, Mom, I got one, come out here and help me drag it out. <laughs> oh, yeah, I would help her do the hard work for sure. I mean, yeah, because you have to. And I'll tell you one thing about venison. I love venison. But if you're looking to make a good recipe for it, this is my sister's secret, so I'll give it to the world. But okay. Get ground venison and use it in lasagna. It's really oh, yeah, yeah. super good. Well, lasagna, venison's good in a lot of different things. In, we have uh, guys that every last weekend in March mm-hmm. get together and make uh, sausage and salami and you know everything else. It's good stuff. And the other thing is that since my sister has such better luck with these recipes than I do, I let her make double batches. <laughs> And then I'll just taste test what? for her. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> she does, took she all like, the kitchen skills. Does she skills. like you? I, uh, does well, she know you take that kind of advantage of her on purpose? She sticks me with her kids a lot, so oh, I'm starting wow. to think okay. she doesn't like me. <laughs> she gets her uh, well, revenge. Don't you worry. Like you, I can understand why. She gets her revenge. <laughs> What's going on? Well, good morning. We're going to start with headlines that uh, keep us pretty close to our area. And in fact, add an update to a story that we had yesterday. Now, this is about that lacrosse situation. Prosecutors say the man who sped onto the tarmac at the airport over the weekend had a knife, said he had a bomb. The DA in lacrosse yesterday charged 31-year-old Cody Anderson from Wallace, Idaho, with a half dozen charges after police say he drove his car through a locked gate at the airport, ran onto the private plane, and started making threats. No motive has been released as to why Anderson went to the airport or what he planned to do on the plane, but a judge set bond at a half million dollars. Both the lacrosse police and FBI now working on that case. As we look into some other headlines, we could make some room on the refrigerator for another Wisconsin peak at public schools. State Department of Public Instruction will release school and school district report cards later today, and that'll give kind of a better picture about how kiddos in the state are doing on those state standardized tests. While we're talking education, we hop to campus. Saddle up in Mustang country. There's no doubt that UW Stout wants to keep kids on campus and, in fact, are now offering automatic admission to most Menominee High School grads. The idea is to have kids who graduate with at least a 2.5 GPA accepted without having to apply, wanting to keep more local kids close by and choose Stout as their higher education option. And you wouldn't have to travel far if you went to uh, the Blue Devil campus, of course, and maybe you're going to stick pretty close to home for Thanksgiving. But that's not the trend. Turns out America is going to definitely wobble before we gobble. 55 million Americans expected to travel. 50 that's according to projections from AAA. It's an increase of a little more than 2% from last year and the third highest forecast for the holiday since AAA began tracking it in 2000. Most will drive to their destinations, nearly 2% more compared to 2022. And 4.7 million travelers will fly. That's an increase of more than 6.5% compared to last Thanksgiving. I'm Mark Mayfield. And, of course, before you dish up the second helping of stuffing, the chores have to get done in the bar, and we better head back there now with Bob Bolsold, Jill Welke, and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. I'm glad I'm not flying because if this government doesn't get refunded, TSA has got to work for no salaries. Can you imagine what that's going to be like at the airports? The lines are long enough already, oh, and they're getting paid. Oh, boy, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, flying isn't the glamorous experience it used to be, that's for sure. <laughs> no, it's a challenge, that's for sure. It's not for the faint of heart. Well, not all of us hop planes three, four times a year to Jet Set either. So. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I know. Don't I, forget to pack that extra bag in January, my friend. Oh, I Going don't, to Hawaii. I don't need anything in January. I don't need much over there. <laughs> I might, though. <laughs> well, I might. Right. Well, you won't need much once you get there either. <laughs> See you later. You bet, Bob. There goes Morgan in the newsroom this morning. As we're 19 minutes before 6 o'clock, Jerry Clark is here. We're going to talk with him about what's going on in agriculture around the area.
Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Jerry Clark is here, Chippewa Dunno, Clare County Agricultural Agent. Lots of things to talk with Jerry about. Crop progress report, uh, 66% of the corn's off. This weather last week, didn't you think more progress would be made? I was kind of surprised that that, uh, that number is, is that low. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, with some of the wetter weather to the south, maybe that's that's a statewide number, Bob. I yeah, know they yeah, do it by region. I didn't look number. at what no, the state number was. That's a statewide was, number, but, uh, 66%. Yeah, and I, I did go to Madison last week, and I was surprised as much corn just along the interstate. So I assume back uh, over the hills and dales, there's mm-hmm. probably more standing as well. Even some beans, 90% of the beans, basically. But yeah, I'm I surprised think at corn. But I think a little this, more than that around here, maybe. Yeah, but I think uh, 66% of the corn, I was surprised. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think we're, uh, I would say we're in that, I don't know, 75, 80% yeah, getting there. By Saturday, we're going to be a lot higher than that. So. <laughs> and one thing we want to talk about real quickly, nothing in depth, of course, mm-hmm. because we're still planning. Farm Technology Day is coming up in August uh, this next year yeah. in Chippewa County. It'll be at uh, Kadat's Country Fest, where Ten City and some of the demonstration area will be. Yep. And uh, a lot of land planted to alfalfa there, so they're going to be field demonstrations. Yeah, yeah, they're bringing field demonstrations back. They had uh, you know pretty good success with it back in Clark County, mm-hmm. and uh, there's always been interest in it. So, uh, yeah, Jamie Close is our host farm and um, more of a grain producer but he's willing to put in some hay and he's got some market yeah. for it so i I'm talked glad. to him a couple of years ago i said uh, jamie are you aware that you know i put in i don't know how many it's mm-hmm. what 300 acres or whatever it is i don't know how many acres it is but uh, you know you you're farming corn and beans said, that's no problem i won't have any trouble with that i got neighbors farmers around sure. there they'll buy it so i'm not worried about it. no problem so Jamie was up and at him and ready to go. So uh, and that looks good out there, that alfalfa. Yeah, it does. I think, uh, you know, planning is continuing. Uh, we'll get more on a marketing push here as we turn the corner towards mm-hmm. 2024. And, um, yeah. And if you so, want to volunteer. Oh, absolutely. Now, yep. what Chippewa Economic Development Corporation is kind of ground zero? Yeah, they're, they're the point on, on the process, um, as well as the Northern Wisconsin State Fair has helped quite a bit on okay. some of these uh, pieces that are getting put together. So if you um, want to volunteer, though, where, which one do you go to? Well, I'd, I'd check with the Chippewa County Economic Development okay. Corporation website, or you can go to the Farm Technology Days website, the state okay. site, and Chippewa right. County's got its own page, and there's a link right there. All right, so get that done, and we'll see you at Farm Technology Days 2024 in Chippewa County in August this year. August, correct. Too many things in Chippewa County in July. <laughs> you don't have the cops, you don't have the ground, you just don't have anybody to help you, so that's why it's in August. Also, something else going on, nitrogen Grants uh, announcement yesterday, right? Yeah, the uh, Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection announced their nitrogen optimization pilot program, which they launched launched last year. And uh, it's basically a program to look at. It's it's more of a research program uh, in conjunction with uh, UW Madison. And what the uh, the project basically focuses on the application of uh, commercial nitrogen. Now, manure, poultry litter, anything like that can also be used in kind of comparison, but they're looking at uh, optimization of nitrogen uh, on the on the landscape. So uh, statewide last year, I think there was about $1.6 million available. Looks like this year there'll be about a million dollars. But farmers can get about $40,000 for putting in, uh, being part of an application, um, and then putting uh, for two years, and then they put this uh, this research design. So it's not just demonstrations where you put a couple strips in. This is a replicated design study uh, that the farmer needs to uh, follow through with. 
So it, it's uh, farmers are given instructions of what to do and how to do it. They they can design it themselves oh, okay. as far as whatever they want to investigate. So if it's uh, I know this last year we had you know Central Sands. There was a lot of potato growers looking at optimization. There was some with irrigation that needed wanted to look at it. Uh, there was others that did some grazing. There was others that looked at um, just uh, side by side or kind of a, a a multiple rate study of different types of nitrogen. So it's really wide open to what that application can look like. I think the more farms you can pull together, that kind of strengthens your, your application. So oh, I see. if four or five farms want to go together for a couple hundred thousand dollar grant, each one gets $40,000 to help put this in. And that helps to pay for time, you know, fertilizer, getting that, that um, study uh, implemented. And so it is a Find pretty... some neighbors you liked or which you can work with. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and we did have a few, I mean, some of the consultants in this area pulled together a nice wide variety of mm-hmm. farms and across you know several counties, and it's worked pretty well. Now, there'll be um, uh, some of the feedback types of things from this first year, The like a, a meeting coming up in Eau Claire. I think it's February, uh, i got to get the date right. I think it's February 12th. So right, we've we got I mean, a few days to December. worry about that. Yeah, all right, excuse me, December. Oh, December. It's in, it's in December. Oh, okay. Um, so there is a feedback of what happened last year. But this new grant proposal is due um, to work with the UW so you can work with one of your extension agents. Mm-hmm. So, so that initial design is uh, to be reviewed by December 15th, and the application is due by the end of January. So you got to hustle. So, yeah, it's something that they turn around pretty quick. Uh, last year was kind of the same thing, but as we work through the legislative funding that's kind of what the timeline we're stuck with but um we'll try to get that turned around so if farmers are interested department of ag trade and consumer protection website has all of the detail otherwise you can contact a county agent and they could try to get you some information now for you and chip Dunn, eau claire no richard halopka over in uh, what clark, clark and yeah. wood county mm-hmm. that part of the area so you guys are available to give them a little guidance or more explanation of what this is all about and how it works. Absolutely. And uh, another person that we've got, a couple would be Steve Ockenick down in Trumplow, yep, yep, Jackson County, yep, and Becky okay. uh, uh, Braithel over. She's our Pierce St. Croix Baron uh, okay. agent as well. So, so lots of good all agents. four of us can help out. All right. Sounds good. And what are the deadlines for that again? Because again, we've Got yeah. some corn to harvest. We've got a lot of things to Yeah, December 15th is when right. the UW, it needs to be reviewed by someone or help be designed. And then okay. the whole application is due um, by the end, uh, January 31st. All right, so a rough outline by the 15th and then the full yep. application. Okay, True. but you've got a month to do that. Yep. All right, thanks, Jerry. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Bob. Jerry Clark, Chippewa Dunno, Clare County, Crops and Soils Agent. Joe, we heard from Farm First Dairy Cooperative, but they're having their annual member meetings right now. When are they going on? Well, there's one Wednesday night, tomorrow night at noon at the American Legion in Greenwood. So that's not at night. When well, noon probably oh, isn't at night me, anymore. No. Tomorrow. Tomorrow at noon. I was thinking about tomorrow night. Yeah, well, I can imagine you'll be in Kansas City hooting it up. Yeah, there's donkey basketball at oh. the Whitehall High School tomorrow oh, night at seven okay. o'clock. Sponsored by the Whitehall FFA. Oh, it's too bad you're in Kansas City or I'd have volunteered you to ride. I'm sure you would have. <laughs> Let's go to markets. Where are we going? Let's go to Hut Eman and Sparta Equity. Fed cattle selling steady today with the higher than choice beef steers and heifers 176 to 184. The choice and select beef steers and heifers 165 to 175. Beef and dairy cross steers 158 to 174. Higher than choice Holstein steers 158 to 164. Topping at 166. Choice and select Holstein steers 147 to 157 with unfinished steers. Heifers and heavy steers $1 to $1.46. Cow market steady. Quality beef slaughter comes up to $1.10. 
Highland Slaughter Dairy Cow is 95 to 110. The Cutters and Utilities, 69 to 94. With the Lower Yulin and Canner Cows, 30 to 68 cents. Slaughter Organic Cow is 135 to 170. The Thin and Small Organic Cow is 94 to 134. With the Organic Steers and Heifers, 150 to 175. Bull Market Stadium Multiples bringing a dollar to a dollar 15. With the Thin, full and bulls over 2,200 pounds. Discount at 99 cents and down. Calves sold by the pound today. With a steady market with the quality Holstein bull calves bringing two seventy five to four fifty, topping at four sixty. Quality Holstein heifer calves seventy five to one fifty. The quality beef bulls five fifty to seven fifty. The quality beef heifers four seventy five to six seventy five. With the light and poor quality calves ten cents to a dollar per pound. Just a reminder: our next sale will be Wednesday, November fifteenth, starting at ten a.m. with fed cattle, followed by bulls, cows, and calves. This is Hut aimed at Equity Livestock in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get more markets as we head over to the Equity Stratford sale barn. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us, and see counsel in his Cubs uniform yesterday. <laughs> Good morning, Q Bob. No, it's a, well, I guess it's a. What, are that, what was that show they used to have on TV years ago, uh, Strange and Funny Things or whatever? I don't know. what. Remember that? I don't know well, what the name of it was. This isn't <laughs> funny. This is the real thing. He's gone to the, went to the enemy, turned to the dark side, as they say. But well, he's wanting to bet for $8 million a year. <laughs> it'll get bright pretty soon for him, that's for sure. But it'll be different. Yeah, well, anyway, I guess they're going to have the bench coach is going to be the manager now, huh? Oh, is it? I haven't heard that on the Brewers. So good for him because he knows this team. The team knows him. So I think well, he has the name Murphy. I don't remember what his name is, but uh, yeah, I was. I don't know if it's official, but there's you know in the morning here I sit and put all the wonderful, fantastic pundits that are on social media. You know, they uh, seem to know everything. You well, know, they so. certainly do. They certainly do. I know you know a lot about the markets. How did they go yesterday? <laughs> We better tell the folks about some concrete here, Bob. Thank you. And good morning, everyone. A summary from yesterday, a very busy Monday here yesterday at Equity Stratford as we begin this week. We'll start out with the markets. Uh, most of the markets are trending uh, steady to weak on a lower trend. Uh, uh, cows yesterday on that steady to weak trend, high-yielding, fleshy Holstein cows on yesterday's sale, selling from 95 up to 115. Most of the cows yesterday were selling between 70 and 95. That's the majority of your cows. And you got these thinner cows, plainer cows below 70. On the bull trade, your better quality bulls open up the week are mostly at 104 to 117 lighter weight bulls one a dollar and below and we'll sell most of the fed cattle to market so we'll have an update uh on those on tomorrow's report on uh, rather on thursday's report so anyway we'll get to the calves big run of calves yesterday again here at stratford again a little bit weaker market on the calves still very good demand though 9230 pound holstein bull calves are selling from 200 up to a top of 450 these are the holstein bull calves heifer calves yesterday mostly from 75 to 180 Beef calves, again, uh, a little bit weaker than we had the last couple of weeks, but still very good demands, selling mostly from 300 up to a top of 660 on those Black Angus calves. And we are on Tuesday, a busy marketing day here in Stratford today. On Tuesday, we got started this morning with the hay and bedding auction, and, and we do have hay. Uh, we do all, we have hay for that sale today. And again, that will start at 10 o'clock. Uh, market auction today is at 11 o'clock, and as part of that market auction, we will be selling organic market cattle, and uh, along with the conventional market cattle at 12 today we'll have the tested feeder pig sale got a lot of feeder pigs if you folks are looking for feeder pigs we've got uh 
I said a lot of feeder pigs consigned. Any weights you're looking for, any much, pretty much from about 35 up to all the way up to 100 pounds. So that'll be at the noon at noon today. Tomorrow our auction does start around 10:30. Full market and gate tomorrow, mostly featuring fed cattle and market cows, as I mentioned. Feeder cattle sale tomorrow will be at 12:30, and we already have cattle consigned for that sale tomorrow. So. Folks, you got any cattle consigned, let us know. 687-4101 is our phone number. And I guess with that, Bob, we'll turn it back to you. And, uh, of course, you and I follow this very closely, but with the uh, on the mercantile and the board of trade and all that and stuff. But maybe this thing will stabilize a little bit on the live cattle. Boy, last week it was just awful. Oh, I don't know. it hard. Six, seven dollars one day, that's for sure. So hopefully, hopefully yep. it will straighten itself out. We'll see. Hey, you have a good one. Now, you're heading out today? We're heading out to Kansas City, farm broadcasters. So we'll talk to broadcasters around the country to see how things are doing. So it's always a good time to catch up. We'll talk, well, you to, have you. A, we'll talk to you next week. You and Jill have a safe trip. And, uh, well, I mean, if, uh, take plenty of money along. Otherwise, you can always wire Kristen for some more, you know. <laughs> there you go. She's got it. That's for sure. Mr. Fitzgerald over at Stratford. Better Markets brought to you by Synergy Co-op in uh, Ridgeland. Board of Trade yesterday was higher. Corn closed 13 cents higher. Beans up 35 with a jump in meal prices and also some weather concerns in Brazil. December corn overnight down another 3 cents, though, from yesterday's increase. 474. March also down 3 at 489. December oats up 2 to 3 at 359. Uh, Wheat down 3 at 575. March beans down 9 cents at 13.85 and December meal down 5.60 a ton at $463.50 at the country elevators today. Chippewa Falls corn's at 404 with soybeans at 12.98 in Connorsville corn's at 399 with soybeans at 12.98 and in Arcadia corn's at 429 with soybeans at 12.98 and Loyal corn's at 424 with soybeans at 1283. And on the uh, DTN screen this morning at uh, Arcadia Golden Plump 441 in the corn today. At uh, Baldwin and Elmwood, corn's 424, beans 1283. In Durand and Fall Creek, corn is 424, beans 1273. Mondovi, 421 and 1278. Osseo, the corn's 434, beans 1283. Elk Mound, 419 and 1293. Sparta has corn at 425, beans 1274. Ellsworth, 414, 1273. And the beans at the ethanol plant, Boyceville corn 424, Stanley 429. New Richmond Grain Facility is 424. Barrel cheese up two and a half yesterday, 167 and a half. Blocks up four and a quarter, 164 and a quarter. Butter up four and a half at 264 and a half. Class three prices were higher. November up four at 1712. December back over $17, up 34 cents, 1723. January up 25 at 1729. February up 14 at 1763. March up 13 at 1801. That's the way the markets look. The weather looks pretty good too today. Partly sunny, but windy. We're getting that southerly winds already jacking the the weather up. We started out 34 a little while ago. We were 41. I bet we're higher than that now. It's going to be 61 today and partly sunny. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report, available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi and the Chilson family of brand dealers.